It takes a special kind of person to study death, someone who not only has the stomach for one of the most unpleasant parts of the human condition, but also can accept it and revel in it. Truth be told, when you get past all of the sadness and tragedy, death can be quite fascinating. The most important and interesting question is why? Why does everything that begins need an ending? On the surface, this seems simple enough, and when I've asked others, the most common response that I hear is, it just does. Of course, this is about as far from a real answer as you can get, but it says a lot that 99% of the entire human population is satisfied with this response. It's a given that all life has an arc, and we've accepted this for as long as recorded history. The thing is, times change, and the more we learn about death and dying, the more that people have started to realize this simple fact might not actually be as simple as it once seemed. With advances in medicine and health, the human body has started to seem less like a bag of flesh and organs, and more like a machine with interchangeable parts. If your car breaks down because the engine fails, you can get a new engine, and if the battery dies, you can replace that too. When you really think about it, you'll quickly realize that you could start to do this forever until eventually you had an entirely new car, but when does the first one end and the new one begin? Of course, we're getting a little existential now. The important thing to take away from all this is that a select few people, myself included, have started to address this problem of death through real hard scientific research. I've been working at the Futurist Center for Death Prevention, a division of Grayscale Laboratories, for two years now, getting hired right out of college and then quickly fighting my way up the food chain. While I was once a simple receptionist, I now find myself out in the field, going wherever I need to go and collecting data for the foundation in our pursuit of a lofty goal. Everything was going incredibly well in this hunt, and slowly but surely, we were taking steps towards some real concrete answers. We dove down to the bottom of the world's deepest oceans to catch lobsters that don't age, and set up trials at a hospital in Oxford to start growing organs for patients in need. But even in these golden times, we were still only focused on that one aspect of the question, the why. When I started to focus on the how, though, things quickly began to go awry. Soon enough, the way I looked at death was never the same again. It's late afternoon and I'm in my office, exhausted after a long day of sorting through sample groups and cataloging an avalanche of information that should probably be handled by someone else. I need an assistant, I think to myself, and then realize that if I was to bring this up at a staff meeting, I would get laughed out of the room. I don't have many bad things to say about being young and handsome, but if there was one drawback at all, it would be the fact that I'm never taken seriously enough at work. Suddenly the phone rings, providing me with a welcome break from the headache-inducing data entry. Hello, I say, answering quickly and breathing out a deep sigh of relief. Ken, you're still there, comes the voice of my boss, slightly panicked. Yeah, why? Is everything all right? Ask him. Can you come down to my office? The man questions. I need someone else to take a look at this for me, just to make sure I'm not losing my mind. Sure thing, I say, and then hang up. Finally, someone wants my opinion on a real issue around here. I stand up and head out of my office, quickly realizing that I'm the only one still here, and this is probably why I got the call. First choice by default. Maybe not, though, I tell myself, trying to accept a little more credit than is probably deserved.